Turn with me to Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Years ago, I was watching an episode of Seinfeld called The Soup Nazi. And the, the whole show about the soup Nazi was this, there was this guy that made this amazing soup. But the problem was, if you got on his bad side, he would throw you out of the restaurant. And so um, th- these, these folks were trying to get back in his good graces so that they could get back into that, that uh, restaurant and enjoy some of that amazing soup. There was just one guy they had to go through to get that done. Uh, can I tell you something? Jesus is not like the soup Nazi uh, in that he loves us and he is eager to provide salvation. But there is a similarity, and that is there's only one place you can find salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. Uh, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, God, in his goodness and his love, sent Jesus to the Jews, but not just for the Jews. Jesus came to the Jews first, and then the gospel would spread to the Gentiles. And this scripture we're going to look at today is the example of how God is showing that the gospel is spreading uh, to the Gentiles. And uh, God sends Peter to Cornelius, and he's there in Cornelius' house, and he's getting ready to share with them, and they're waiting uh, with bated breath to hear what he has to say because God had, had told Cornelius, send these messengers. God had told Peter, go with these messengers. So God had made an appointment for them and they were eager to hear what God would say. And Peter says, I have, I've made a discovery. I have found that you don't just have to be a Jew. You can be a Gentile and you can come to faith in Jesus Christ, and you can be forgiven for your sin. And so he begins to tell them about the gospel, and while he's preaching, we're not going to get quite this far, uh, but the the Spirit of God comes down upon them, and they give the same evidence that God has saved them and has blessed them as the early church did uh, there at Pentecost. And so... God is accepting Gentiles. Hey, that's good news for most of us, right? Uh, Most of us here today are Gentiles. We're not Jews. And so uh, uh, we need to look to Jesus Christ for eternal life. And the title of my message is Good News for All People. Good News for All People. There's just one one place to find salvation. That's in Jesus Christ. But the good news is that he offers salvation for all. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. So uh, look with me at verse 34 of Acts chapter 10. Peter began to speak, Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Uh, You know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil, because God was with him. 
We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did, both in the Judean country and in Jerusalem. And yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised up this man on the third day and caused him to be seen. Not by all the people, but by us whom God appointed as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. So, good news for all the people. What is it? Well, the good news is that God gives Jesus his unique authority. God gives Jesus his unique authority. There's this construction uh, that happens four times in this little section of Scripture uh, where God says uh, through Peter, this one, that is Jesus, this one is fill in the blank. This first, this one is that Jesus is Lord of all. Verse 36, he is Lord of all. So this is his unique authority. How does he use that authority? He uses that authority to save sinners, all sinners, both Jews and Gentiles who come to him for salvation. He has the authority to give salvation. If I offered to save you, I wouldn't do you much good. But Jesus has the authority to save. And so he uses that authority to save all people who come to him in repentance and faith. Uh, This authority is seen. Did you know Jesus has greater authority than any human ruler reigning over any place in this world? Jesus is the highest of the high, the greatest of the great. Uh, The angels follow his commands, as we saw in his earthly life in the Gospels. The winds and the waves obey his commands. He has great authority. And when he gave the Great Commission, he said, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. In other words, you can go and make disciples because I'm giving you the commission and I have the authority to give the salvation to those with whom you share the gospel. This unique authority allows Jesus to do what no one else can do. I want to tell you something. People who um, claim to offer salvation through a different way than Jesus have no hope to offer you. They don't have the authority to bring the salvation that is offered. But Jesus does have the authority. Um, You can see a little bit of that authority when he says to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. (laughs) You remember when they were lowering the man through the roof to be healed? He was a paralytic. They lowered him through the roof. Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And they get upset. Well, you know, he's... Who's given this man authority to forgive sins? Well, Jesus says, uh, which is easier to say, son, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and uh, take up your bed and walk? He says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he does so. And what could they say? The power that was there. Jesus had authority over sickness. Jesus had authority over death. Jesus has authority over all things. He is the highest of the high and the greatest of the great. 
And so we come to Jesus for eternal life because he is the one who can give it. He, this one, not someone else, not some other religious figure, this one, Jesus Christ has the authority to give eternal life. So we come to him. So good news for all people. What's the good news? The good news is that God gives Jesus his unique authority, and he uses that authority to save sinners. Secondly, not only does God give Jesus his unique authority, God gives Jesus his unique resurrection, his unique resurrection. Look at verse 40. God raised up this man on the third day and caused him to be seen. God raised up this man. Jesus has a unique resurrection. You say, well, other people were resurrected in the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New. Uh, I just mentioned Lazarus. But Jesus' resurrection was unique because Jesus is the only person in history so far who has ever been raised from the dead, never to die again. The Bible says that when Jesus comes back, that the dead in Christ will rise first. They will rise with the same kind of resurrection that Jesus has, a resurrection unto eternal life. Uh, But for now, the only kind of resurrection uh, that is unique is the resurrection to eternal life, and only Jesus has experienced that resurrection. And that's good news for us because if Jesus has been raised to eternal life, it shows he has the power to raise us unto eternal life, right? I mean, it's one thing for somebody to say, well, I could raise you up. It's another thing for somebody to raise from the dead, to conquer death, to overcome death, to defeat death, and then to say, I could raise you up. Did you know that's the hope we have in salvation? Did you know every time somebody gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ, there's a spiritual resurrection in their soul? The Bible calls it the new birth. Uh, God creates new life within the believer who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He makes us a new creation. All things are passed away and all things are become new. There's new life, but it's just the beginning of new life because one day Jesus is coming and will give the command for the dead to rise. And every single believer in Christ will rise. Others will rise ultimately for judgment, but we'll rise unto eternal life. So that's good news for us. Uh, Jesus has shown he has the power over death to give us the hope that he declares. Um, Jesus' resurrection shows that there is nothing that God can't do. I love what the, the book of Ephesians says. It says, do you not know that you have the power of the resurrection in you. You see, when God saves us from sin, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us, and the Lord Jesus, the Scripture says that this is our hope, Christ Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And so uh, we have the very power of the Lord Jesus Christ living in us in this life. And what a wonderful hope that is, to know that we can trust in him and that he can sustain us and walk with us through whatever we may face in this life. Uh, Our service for him is done in his strength and not our own. In his grace, 
It was always sufficient. And then we look forward to the time when we will be raised ourselves just as Jesus was raised. So good news for all people. What is that good news? The good news is that God gives Jesus his unique authority. He gives Jesus his unique resurrection. Thirdly, he gives Jesus his unique responsibility. Look at verse 42. Uh, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one. Literally, in the Greek, this is the one who is the judge of the living and the dead. This is the one. Jesus and no other. This unique responsibility that Jesus has to be the judge of the living and the dead. A lot of people don't think of Jesus as a judge. They think, well, Jesus came to forgive us. And yes, he did, but that's not all Jesus came to do. Jesus came to satisfy the justice of God at the cross. He came to satisfy the wrath of God at the cross. Uh, He came uh, to to make a difference, uh, to fulfill prophecy and and many things. But, But Jesus also has this responsibility. Jesus will one day be the judge of the living and the dead. Did you know that Jesus has perfect love, but he also has perfect justice? And he will judge in perfect justice. Now, we all would be in serious trouble, but for the fact that the Bible says that God can be just and the justifier of those who put their faith in Jesus. So, In God's justice, he carries out his justice upon Jesus in our place. Jesus is our substitute. And Jesus' righteousness is lived out in our place. And God credits that righteousness to us. God acquits us of our sin. But the justice has been carried out for our sin upon Jesus in our place. So that God can forgive us, can clothe us in the righteousness of Christ, and give us the hope of heaven When we die and come to live within us. That is a wonderful, wonderful truth. So, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Justice has already been carried out on my behalf upon Jesus in my place. God's justice is satisfied. So, at the judgment, I'll be receiving rewards. Corinthians says that there will be gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, and stubble will get burned up. Those things that we didn't do right for the Lord, uh, those things, those times that we were away from God will get burned up, and we won't receive a reward for them. Uh, but we'll receive uh, gold, silver, and precious stones for the things we've done for God in this life. But for the lost person, it will be a different story. The person that doesn't know Jesus Christ, the person that dies without repenting and putting their trust in Jesus, will face a just judge. And Jesus' judgment is different than ours. A lot of times I I hear people uh, say, well, I wouldn't do such and so. But that's not the right standard. God is holy. And you and I are not. Uh, Only through Jesus can we begin to live the holy life that he has called us to live after knowing him. But, But God's standard, God doesn't ask CNN what he ought to do. Did you know that? God is not concerned about what the world thinks about his judgment. God is just in his judgment, and his justice is based on his own standard. 
Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. And the scripture says that uh, in one place, in one of the parables, he's, he's separating uh, between people. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Where are they going? They're going to a place called hell. There are different levels of punishment in hell. And, and the scripture says in the book of Revelation, the books will be opened at the judgment. Every sin, every idle word, every sinful word that's ever been spoken will be judged. Every uh, thought of the heart, the Bible says that the Lord searches the hearts and minds. Every time that we should have done something that we didn't do, every time we did something we shouldn't have done will be recorded in the books. And Jesus will judge all who don't know Christ will go to hell. That's what the scripture says. But there will be different levels of punishment in hell. But praise God, when you repent and trust in Jesus Christ, that judgment is carried out upon Christ in your place at the cross. And there's a glorious scripture in Colossians that says that the handwriting that was against us has been blotted out. God gets his great eraser. If you've got your number two pencil out, he gets his great eraser or his delete key. Uh, or his white out, if you're of that generation, uh, whatever. And God erases the record of our sin, past, present, future, for all time. This is why I can come before the throne of grace with boldness. Because it's gone. It's been erased from the record. But Jesus will be the judge. This is his unique responsibility. And by the way, uh, there'll be no arguments at the judgment. There'll be no, well, this is what I did. And No. Jesus' word will be the final word. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, can I tell you something? The good news is that Jesus is the judge, and he's made a way for you to escape judgment. He's made a way for you to be saved from it, to be saved from hell, to be saved from judgment uh, through the cross and the price that he paid. Uh, Jesus said these words, it is finished, paid in full. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from how much sin? All sin. You can come to Jesus, you can repent and put your trust in him, and he'll erase the record. Uh, come, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. Though it be red like crimson, it shall be as wool. Praise God for his amazing grace that he separates our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. But he doesn't do that automatically. He does it through Jesus. Jesus' unique responsibility is to be the judge of the living and the dead. We need to be ready for that judgment that is going to come. So, good news for all people. Uh, what is the good news? The good news is that God gives Jesus his unique authority. He gives Jesus his unique resurrection. He gives Jesus his unique responsibility. And he gives Jesus his unique forgiveness. Look at verse 43. All the prophets testify about him. That through his name, Jesus' name, not anyone else's name, through his name, everyone 
Who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. All the prophets testify about him. What do they say? Uh, if you look at Isaiah 55, he tells them to repent, to turn uh, back to the Lord. And uh, how could God provide that forgiveness that Isaiah 55 talks about? Well, you look at Isaiah 53 to find that out. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. I am forgiven when I repent and put my trust in Jesus. Why? Because he bore the price of my sin in my place. And God forgives me. And it's a true forgiveness. It's a unique forgiveness. Have you ever had somebody tell you, I forgive you? And then every time they see you, they bring up what you did wrong? That's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness, the Bible calls it, says it this way, God buries our sin in the sea of forgetfulness. He, he, he never brings it up again. It, it's gone. It, it's not an issue anymore. Have you ever, have you ever had a friend say, uh, you apologize, you say, hey, I, I blew it, uh, please forgive me for that. And they say, it's forgotten. And it truly is, and they don't bring it up again, and it's never an issue again. Uh, Jesus' forgiveness is, is complete forgiveness. It is uh, enduring forgiveness. Jesus doesn't bring up our sin to us. Uh, praise God, I'm not going to uh, have to uh, be justly punished for my sin. If, if that would be hell, right? My just punishment would be hell. Praise God, he delivered me from it. Now, will God discipline me if I go down the wrong path? He will because he loves me. He'll discipline me to get me back on the right path, right? Just like you do that with your kids. You discipline your kids to try to get them to walk the right way and, and, and to succeed and be blessed in life. So God disciplines his people so that he can bring us to the right path. But he doesn't, he's not giving us what we deserve. He's just disciplining us for our good. So God's forgiveness is eternal. Uh, I've also had people who say, I forgive you, and they hold a grudge, right? They may not say anything to you about it, right? But you can tell things are not the same. Uh, there's this kind of a... Uh, maybe it's a silence. Maybe it's a maybe it is a, a grudging uh, response. Maybe it's passive aggressive, right? <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But you can tell the issue is not dead. But praise God, when Jesus forgives, He forgives completely. He tells the lady, He says, "Where are your accusers?" He says, "There are none. They're gone." He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Um, you remember Jesus, he, he, he's watching the Pharisee and the publican, and the Pharisee saying, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this guy here. And the publican saying, he's beating his breast, he, he won't even look up. He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And what does Jesus say? He went home justified. That's God's forgiveness. You see, God doesn't look at the amount of, of your sin. He said, well, this person can be forgiven because their sin's not all that bad. But this person over here, their sin's really bad, so I can't completely forgive that. No, his forgiveness is holy. 
He forgives all sin, all sin, when we repent and trust in Jesus. His unique forgiveness. Um, Cornelius had been told, hey, you're a Gentile. Uh, you can be a, a, a God-fearer. Yeah, I mean, you can come and participate in some of the things, but you cannot come into the temple, into the court of the Jews and so forth. You cannot be a part of us unless you become a Jew. Peter says that's not the case, Cornelius. The gospel's for you too. The gospel's for you. And, and, and Cornelius and his friends and his family who are gathered there Receive the Holy Spirit. By the way, uh, the fact that he says earlier that they were acceptable, it doesn't mean that, that, they're sal- that they had salvation, right? It just means that God appreciated his righteousness and I believe sent someone to tell him the gospel because he knew that that needed to be the final piece there. Uh, there, there is no one who gets to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. But uh, Peter says, this gospel is for you, Cornelius. And, and as he's sharing this with them, the Spirit of God comes down and puts his stamp of approval on it all. And Cornelius and all his household are believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, they are able to enter the very throne room of God in heaven through the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you something? The blood of Jesus is enough. Uh, I love what Paul says. He says, where sin abounded, there did grace much more abound. Uh, hallelujah that God saves a man like Saul of Tarsus who persecuted the church and made him a great missionary. Praise God that he saves somebody like uh, Jacob who lied and manipulated and stole and things. And uh, Jacob, Jacob was not a very likable character, but God saved him by grace. Uh, praise God that he saves somebody who is a murderer like Moses, who killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Can I tell you something? The forgiveness of our God is a unique and wonderful thing. You may say, I could never forgive somebody for fill in the blank. You should, if you're a child of God, you should forgive them. But uh, you must say, I could never do that. God doesn't put any qualification on his forgiveness, except that you come to Jesus for that forgiveness and that you repent. That is, make a choice to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Christ and receive that gift of eternal life. You've got to come to Jesus for it. That's the condition. You've got to come in faith and repentance and you'll be forgiven. That's the unique forgiveness of God. Notice I didn't say you have to earn God's favor. It's not Jesus plus. Some people think, well, I, you know, if I do well enough in my life, maybe I can make up for these past things. No. Your righteousness is as filthy rags to God. You can't make up for it. The best that you have is unworthy of the Lord. But praise God, you don't have to live on your own righteousness because God justifies you, gives you Christ's righteousness uh, as your possession and as your position before him. So we just come in simple trust to Jesus Christ. Are you here today? And, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, listen, 
Don't delay. Come to him. Receive that forgiveness that he supplied for you. Um, he has the authority to give it. He's conquered death. He can give you eternal life. He can change your life if you let him do it. Come and make things right with him today uh, before it's too late. Uh, he one day will be the judge of the living and the dead. Will you be ready for that? Please repent and trust him while you can. And if you know Jesus, thank him every day for the gift of eternal life that he's given you, for the forgiveness, for the justification, the righteousness of Christ that he has placed upon you. Never forget the amazing grace of our great God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we're here today and we're unworthy of your grace. We're unworthy of the good things that you've promised. But God, we thank you that we don't get to heaven by our own worthiness. And we don't get blessed because we're worthy of it. We get blessed because you're good. And Lord, we just praise you for that. We praise you for the grace that comes to us in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for those who are gathered here today, Lord, that, uh, that don't know Jesus Christ. Lord, help them to make the decision to repent and trust in Jesus before it's too late. Help them not to have to face Jesus as their judge. Help them to face him as their Savior. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.